All right, here we go in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. Usually, if you're inventing a product, it's to meet a need, and the whole point of meeting a need is to improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I haven't invented anything other than this podcast, and uh, I can't really help you with the business, establishing the business, or testing out the product. But Alicia and Jay, who joined us last week for AT Inventors Part 1, have. And so they're back again. And this is AT Inventors 2. So again, Jeremy Jackson, host of the Sports Medicine Broadcast. We've got AT Inventors 2 back with the same pair of experts. They're in various levels of their AT Inventor expertise. Without much further ado, Jay is going to do most of the Crusher, Jay, and Alicia are going to kind of go back and forth most of the questions and things that, talking points that they have. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Inventors 2 will have the show notes. And then the goal is come back around in March after we've gone through this, this series of three podcasts to take listener stories, questions, uh, help get you those answers that you need so that you can more successfully create and invent your product to help athletic trainers improve their practice. Sorry, so Jay, Alicia, welcome back, and who's starting us off? Thanks for having us. I'll start off. Jay, what, yes. what, where are you in your, your whole business since you're, you're fresh, as, as you said last time, just as far as yeah. this, the, what's fresh in your mind about pushing the button saying, yes, I'm going to start mm-hmm. a business, like the whole, the, the whole process. How's that been for you? Yeah. So for me, um, on the record, in February, I start I um, filed the article organization for my LLC. So, <clears throat> based on you know me learning the process of doing it with my CPA, the day of the filing of you know the organization is actually the day the business started. So for me, um, February 9th will always be uh, it'll always be a um, you know a big a big day for me to remember. I guess it's like the birth of you know the company. Um, so uh, from for me, I went with the route of LLC. I just wanted to keep something simple for now. I, you know, my CPA was saying, you know, there's, uh, you know, options of S Corp, C Corp. If you want to go into what those two are, I just, I'm not as well versed in it, but I just went simple, just single member LLC until I see a need to grow. And I think it's kind of been the basis of everything I've done so far is just, you know, start out small. And when you hit that, you know, when you hit that demand, then exponentially grow as, as it seems fit. So. So um, you just have you had have you had opportunity for to consider a business partner or is that and have you gone through those, those mm-hmm. the thought process? For me, um, I'll, ask, I'll just ask you this back. What would you consider a business partner for people who don't know? Before I answer that, yeah, I mean, there's you know silent business partner that maybe just puts in the money, and then there's ones mm-hmm. that talky talk and tell you you know you're <laughs> yeah. you're working you're working together you're working yeah. together you're fighting together you're you know you're you're in it to win it together yeah. to have a common goal um so yeah i mean it could be whatever um whatever structure is best for mm-hmm. you yeah so as of now um i do not has have a business partner um and i think that'll be Excuse me. I think that'll be a difficult thing for me personally when bringing on a business partner, just because just talking about, you know, the core values, you know, of the you know of the company and why I started it. It's I need to have someone on board with, you know, the vision, 
and what I'm trying to do and change completely changing the way I approach the gear space for a profession. Not and also not there, but also, you know, cultural values for me as a first generation American, someone who loves, you know, just world culture, that person, if I bring on as a business partner, has to be about that. So and I think it's to try to bring that person on, it's going to be a little, I'm gonna be a little hesitant at first, and I'm open to it. But I think at this point, I need to get more established before I, you know, bring more people on to because, you know, I'm everything that's going under through Nexus, it's all all my designs, you know, with the seven things I have lined up, how do I, you know, I, you know, how do I bring that person on to be part of that, you know, when they haven't done anything yet. So there's, you know, I have to make some divides and kind of go from there. It's, but it's tricky though. <laughs> right. Right. So you, you have the sweat equity because you've put all mm -hmm. that in up front. Yes. And there, there are some people who, you know, like, I don't know if they're still doing this, but back in the day, it was, mm -hmm. you know, put together your business plan and like, you know, invest a lot of time in your business plan and research and then present to uh, the angel investors and, and angel investors. And then mm -hmm. the angel investors just give you money and then you do whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. if that's still happening or not. Um, I think it definitely you know. is. Um, I'm definitely confident in saying that I never wanted a heavy investor because, you know, again, for someone who doesn't own, understand the core values, I don't want them having to dictate or say in how I, you know, approach any product design or the voice I give out on social media. So. Mm -hmm. Right, um, right. But yeah, I think that's, I mean, definitely the angel investor, that's another route to go, but I think it just, you have to understand what you're getting into when you do that. But I think for, you know, projects that require heavy, heavy amounts of dollars, and yeah, that'd be, that could be a route that, you know, that could be sought, sought after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen it from both ends where you just build your business up from nothing or mm -hmm. you're you're going out after the angel investors and the money or and and you know, I've seen that from my my brother's end where he's, you know, constantly raising money for his companies. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely adds into the mix because when people invest in you and give you money, they're entrusting that you know, it's, it's going to go somewhere. And the, the mm -hmm. first people that want to get paid are the investors. Is that, that's the thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have to, you know, think of it that way versus, um, I mean, we can talk about this later with, with the financials, with, um, with thinking about employees and business structure mm -hmm. and things like that. But yeah, I, I initially started, I initially had a business partner and, um, we, did an LLC initially and mm -hmm. then um, through with a lawyer and yeah articles of incorporation and then you have to do a fictitious business license name and city and I'm in California yep. so I feel like I'm always writing a check for something for some sort of <laughs> business tax or something <laughs> you know yeah I hear a lot of people say like there's no way I'd have a business in California, but, um, Cali is hard. They do. <laughs> yeah. We got the sunshine. I mean, we pay for the sunshine and, and the, yeah. the gas at, you know, almost $5 a gallon. Um, so, uh, and that was good, but you know, if, again, like you were saying, if you're not on the same page where you both want to be at work at a certain time and you're like, you're all focused and it can be, you know, slightly, problematic because you're just not your energies aren't matching um and then eventually when i put the business kind of on hold was traveling with you would you say that uh, yeah 
Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, would you say that it's um it's very important to have specific defined roles just between you know two or three business partners within a company? It can be. Or you all yeah. can play off of each other. Yeah, it it can be. My my weaknesses. I want to find that strength in a in a business partner. So I, you know, she would take, she did the financial things and um, like the, some of the phone calls, things like I didn't want to do. And I was mm-hmm. the sweat equity with the building of the product and like yeah. figuring out all the, you know, all of that. So it played off very, very well. Yeah. Okay. If you're, if you're both like your strengths are only product design but nobody is over here looking out at the financials, then you should really uh, consider finding somebody who can help you look at the financials and then you guys learn it together. So I think it depends on what you're doing and the, and your core values and your ultimate goals. Um, okay. what, yeah, after I, I decided to turn this back on and around, I mean, the business has been you know, had some crazy things where we were initially in a business incubator for warehouse space and we were paying the rent, but they, they were not paying the rent to the landlord company. And we come, we come to work one day and there's like a note on the door, like 30 day lockout notice. Right. So we're we're scrambling, but, um, yeah. So in 2012 or 14, um, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, we decide we mutually decided to dissolve the partnership and then mm-hmm. I because it initially was an LLC and then um, I now have an S corp so okay so the other thing that I did want to say is when you are deciding that your business structure it would be really great to talk to a CPA um, about all the taxes and costs and you know all of that and just having a good CPA is very important in general. I think you would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned your 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 accountant is also an athletic trainer. He is also an athletic trainer, and yeah. like myself, a marine. So it's oh, cool to that's have. That's wild. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's really nice because everything we talk about, there's really no questions on ifs. He understands pretty much everything you know, related to athletic training. The only thing that's kind of new for us is kind of diving within the product realm, you know, because I need you know, talking about the expenses or any, anything business wise for, you know, per diem services, athletic training services, all that stuff, you know, that's in the books for him. He's got it down, but mm-hmm. the product realm and then, you know, economic nexus that we're both learning about, mm-hmm. that's where things get a little crazy, but we're, you know, we're slowly working through to make sure we're just, you know, correct about everything and doing everything safely. Because, you know, the digital age, it is, you know, constantly evolving and changing. So we have to try to keep up with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, as a business owner, initially, you're, for the most part, unless you're, I don't know, you just have somebody completely, you have an idea and you sell it to somebody. But um, for the most part, you're going to, because you have to, because you don't have the resources, you're going to really learn everything and how to be a master at so many different things. That's true. Um, Whether it's like video editing and social media nuances and creating programs and learning how to PDF things and export PDFs. All the spreadsheets. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the accounting. So um, I, when I used to speak at other college classes, uh, they'd say athletic training and ask me what 
uh, piece of advice you could give to students. And I think it would be really important if students um, took a business class and an accounting mm -hmm. class. So because not everybody's going to stay within Abbott training where you have a salary and the money's coming in or you're just hourly, mm -hmm. you're going to branch out. Maybe you want to go and see private clients and learn how to do billing mm -hmm. and run your financials. Um, so if, if you're, a, if you have the opportunity to take business classes and accounting, it will really open up your world as an athletic trainer. Um, if you decide to branch out. And I think definitely, you know, for this, um, I think the only bad, the hard thing about that now would be, you know, for all the, you know, the transition to MSAT, I don't think there's room yeah. for it. Right. Um, but again, there's people, you know, there's people, there's AT entrepreneurs out there who can kind of, you know, help guide that with, you know, their own courses. But uh, I would say, you know, if it was back in our era for the undergrad, yeah, you could take a, you know, an elective for business or accounting and get it done. But at least, you know, yeah. now there's there's AC entrepreneurs that can help out with that. So real quick, let me jump in. Toki from uh, the medical simulator or medical dissipation simulators. He's uh, watched last week, was commenting, and he's commenting. And y'all mentioned that being an S-corp, and he said, you know, you can still be an LLC and function as an S-corp using a certain form, which is 1120S. So I have that in okay. the show notes there, but um, if we're talking about establishing the business, then that's yeah. maybe a little further on down the line once you establish the LLC and then and decide you're going to change an S corp or whatever it is. But um, just Toki, thanks for watching and throwing in your uh, comments there. Go ahead. Yeah, good to hear from you. Actually, yeah, thank you, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it is complicated when you look at all the structures. It, I mean, that was totally new to me, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and all, yeah. for all the listeners, it's, um, I think you've experienced it, Alicia, like when you're doing, um, you know, supplier verification, supplier request forms, anything online, we have to verify, you know, the, the structure of your business. Sometimes you don't have those options of putting, you know, it'll say LLC dash this, LLC dash this. I've had that issue so many times where I couldn't put that I was a single member LLC. So I always had to verify my CPA call. Hey, if this is an option, may I do this? Mm -hmm. Just right. for anyone watching, yeah, it's it gets it, it does get complicated. It's, it's always good to have that CPA at hand to answer those immediate questions. Right, right, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the other um, formalities, like sure. um, your reseller certificate and business insurance. You've got your your business um, your business license. Um, how's that process been for you? Yeah. So. I'll let you, I'll say real quick, since um, I'm not involved as much. So for me, I, I do not have a reseller now since I'm just, you know, functioning just a uh, direct sale, but I'll let you kind of take over with, you know, any wholesale business insurance. Cause for right now, my product doesn't need business insurance another product I'm developing will, will definitely need. So mm -hmm. if you want to elaborate on that, just cause I don't have, it, it doesn't, ha hasn't applied to me as much yet. Right. Right. Yeah, so uh, your reseller certificate, you have to have your business license. It's sort of like, you need this, but you have to have this. But in order to have that, you have to have this. And then you're just playing that ugh, hopscotch game, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, your, your reseller certificate allows you to get items tax-free that you're going to use for your business. So um, I have, you know, Silkscreen Ink Supply Company mm -hmm 
and you or sometimes you can get it depending on what you're depending exactly what you're doing with the item if it's yeah. um whether you can get it at wholesale or not because it's part of your design process then you get the wholesale okay. amount versus the retail uh, but um yeah you so you need the resale certificate to sell anywhere so even if you're at a trade show mm -hmm. you sometimes get a temporary resale certificate for that city and then you pay taxes to that city for your sales at that trade show so like oh like i see taxes. so more so it's really more for um physical on-hand sales correct for a resale yeah. certificate right yeah it's two things it's for your your sales so that you can pay pay the sales tax due to the state and it's also mm -hmm. for showing that you are a uh, manufacturer or a distributor and getting items at uh, without the taxes because yep. you don't you don't want to buy you know a thousand dollars worth of item of of um, product that you're going to use and then pay tax on that because eventually you're going to tax your customer exactly on that so yeah. Um, and then, yeah, depending on this, the structure, it's either monthly sales tax due where you're doing all your calculations and then you write, you write a check. Yeah. Well, it's automatic deposit now. It just comes right out of the yeah. bank account. Yeah. You know? I guess um, I'll branch off of you. So for me, it's kind of mine's, mine deals with more of an economic nexus since, you know, my specialty is online sales and I'm not a, you know, manufacturer like you. So I'm in the same situation to where I have to keep track of my numbers for a particular state for example cali is the highest <laughs> so i don't have to do a you know my my sales are exempt from california unless i hit a specific number of the year so mm -hmm. not necessarily a resale certificate but i have to you know watch like i said my economic nexus right yeah it can get pretty complicated with you know each state as well yeah. um as far as business insurance there's there's a few things there's you know, product liability insurance. Um, mine is really, really high because I'm looped in there with like skateboards. Like nobody knows yeah, what to call me, right? So, so okay. I'm like in this really high rate where, you know, people are breaking things because they're riding skateboards. As yeah. far as, as far as product liability insurance, um, and so I, my instead of paying like a huge chunk every year, I'm able to pay like, you know, like 30% and then do a monthly payment with a little bit of interest. So that helps okay. with cash, that helps with cash flow, right? $5,000 isn't just flying out the out every yeah. July, right? It's, you know, That'd be it's, scary. it's kind of <laughs> gradual. Yeah. But those are, that's something that you would keep in mind when you're looking at financials, like, you know, in, in July, you're going to have a super bill for $5,000. <laughs> like, you know, you got to stock some money, some, some money up. Yeah. It's the same, same thing with my patent. I tried to look up the, uh, the patent, um, the, the fee structure and I just couldn't make heads or tails of it. I was like, Oh geez. Like, was it confusing? God. Yeah. It's straightforward, but confusing at the same time. There, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different fees and continual fees. I have and, seen that. And every year, not it's not every year that you're paying the fees. It's every, it, it, it I don't know. It's like on a weird schedule, like one year, three year, mm -hmm. five year, seven, ten, something like that. 
Um, but That's it goes weird. up. It goes up every year, every time to maintain your patent. The fee is mm-hmm. is higher, uh, and they had to, they do have like a micro entity status where you're not paying the whole um, thirty five hundred dollars. You can pay it eighteen hundred dollars, something yeah. like that. So, um, so that would be another thing. Your your uh, kind of a fixed cost over time to to consider if if you need a patent. Um, that. Now, did that fix, did that cost kind of different between your design versus utility patent, or were they universally the same? Yeah, initially you put in a little bit of money and you say, "This is um, I have this idea. I'm just holding its place." Yeah. Right, provisional patent, and then um, because I wrote about ninety percent of my patent, and okay. I had a patent attorney look over everything, make adjustments. Um, my fee for that, you know, was several, a couple thousand dollars for all mm-hmm. for for the patent attorney. Um, but then you have fees on top of like going into the patent, the the database, um, and then nobody ever gets approved the first time around. They always send it back to <laughs> you because they want to change. Yeah, yeah. So I had like I've three. Heard this. <laughs> yeah, I've had like three minor. I had three minor things to change, and it was like language from like you know, rod to post or something like, you know, something really, really simple. Um, but it, it was really simple to do. And you needed en- engineered drawings. So our engineer had those drawings to add in there. So that's, that's an added um, uh, investment there. Uh, but then, you know, they come back at you, you got to make an adjustment. I think there's probably mm-hmm. a fee for that too. And then you're ready to go. And then, and then there's a little bit of fee. <laughs> and, there's a little bit of fee. and it just is. Um, that it's uh, So it's a consideration. Like, do you really need a patent? Do you have a product that people, it's really easy to do. And maybe it's just novel, but not really like expanding upon what's what's out there then maybe you don't need the patent because everybody can make that one thing and do it and are you better off investing your initial you know five thousand dollars into your product line and just going for it and having inventory or and then product improvement too yeah product product improvement continual things um yeah so or do you have something that is really special that you do want patent protections. Now, the, also the U.S. patent, you're good for the United States. Anywhere else in the I world, know. forget it. It's... You've got yeah. So there are companies that that have patent. You see, you see their whole list of patents, right? They're yeah. patented in this country and this country for enforcement, and that makes sense um, if you got the money for it. And yeah, I agree. You need because you know. I've seen it how they get international patents. I'm thinking this had to, this probably had to cost so much money to do this. Sure. Yeah, but if you're making the iPhone, yeah, you know, and the software for the <laughs> iPhone, that pretty much makes makes sense. Yeah. 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 So there is a lot of paperwork and just continual things to do with starting your business, but you know, don't let it overwhelm you. It's just part of part of the process. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Um, down, down the line here. The, we did talk a little bit about funding, bootstrapping versus like yeah. Shark Tank, where 
you know, <laughs> you and I both get the questions about Shark Tank. And yeah, and people like to joke about it or be serious, and they said you should do it. And I'm thinking, no, because you know, my my product is, you know, the style of my product is out there. I'm just making it, you know, very different. Mm -hmm. so, and that's why I, I would tell anyone here, you know, looking for an investor or just trying to figure out, you know, how you unique your product is. You just have to, you have to scan everywhere and kind of see what, how you're going to compete, you know, with your market. And I know that's another topic mm -hmm. we can get into here. And I method of selling. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, well, I will say with Shark Tank, I, I think it also really depends on the product. If, like that guy that made the spy, the smiley scrubber sponge, super simple, teeny tiny, easy to ship out. I'm sure totally great there, but there's been other co companies that have a, a bigger, heavier product and mm -hmm. it takes, it takes a lot to produce that time, yeah. effort, money, financial investment. And even though you're, even though that their sales went up a hundred thousand to a million, even though you had that million dollar sale, you still had the amount, the amount of work and financial also to match it. Right. So you're yeah. still, you're, so they were still, they're like, yeah, we're a million dollar sales, but we're still in debt because, <laughs> yeah, because it takes so much. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think it's <clears throat> something to, to consider again, what your product line is, if that's, um, you know, if it's a physical it's just, product, it's, it's hard. Versus I'll say it's also sustainable. Yeah. You know, based off your business model. Cause I would say, you know, I've only watched Shark Tank a handful of times, but most of the people that from my seat have gone on there have, you know, there's someone established, but when they go to Shark Tank, they're looking for that push to, I guess, do the exponential boom mm -hmm. versus, you know, I don't know if you're going to see someone like me who's only six, seven months into this and boom, I need a million dollars. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that's what I'll say, you know, anyone watching out there, it, yeah, it's not as, I think you'll see more people are trying to make that big jump when they go to Shark Tank, not as early on as me, or maybe, you know, someone like you who really wants to get world go crazy with a very, very heavy investment to do something big. Right, right. With that investment means you need more people. Yes. Right. I agree. So, so. <laughs> That's the same thing to like, you know, when you're picking, you know, if you have two sharks to offer you something, why are you going to pick that person? You know, again, going back to the core values of your company, or do you just really honestly need the money and you're going into how are you going to interact with your investor? Mm -hmm. A lot of things that come to play there. Right. Yeah. Let's circle back to that, the core values in mm -hmm. figuring out really what, because you and I are in similar, but different types of businesses. Like yeah. going back to core values to really sit and think about what the type of business you want to, to make, um, <clears throat> and the life that you want to live versus the life that you do not want to live. Like, you know, really having, really encouraging you to have, um, an, a, a greater understanding of your core values, what you want and what you don't want. Um, when you are deciding to start a business? Yeah, I would say, um, so for me, I think as a small veteran, you know, in minority owned business, the one thing I always want to try and maintain is my ability to communicate. You know, when, you know, people talk about huge companies, you're not going to be able to talk to the CEO. You know, everyone wants to, you know, know, know who the person behind it is. Even though my social media, media pages, I don't show myself a lot, even though like, 
I'm always happy and I want to stay in communication with people. At the end of the day, you know, Nexus isn't really about putting me behind it. You know, the ne- the company is about serving the people. That that's really you know the big thing. And also for me to be as that person behind it. Hey, someone. I don't. I'm very. Um, I have a very relaxed, you know, conversational tone in my emails and messages as well because I, I just want to be that person where I'm not this super big business owner. I'm just. I'm an AT like you. Let me let me interact with you. So people, I just want people to say, hey. You could DM me, hey Jay, what's up? You know, what's what do you think of this? I really look like this. That's I always want to keep that tone to where, you know, I'm not I'm not above you, I'm right beside you. And that's the one thing we always say in the military as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, expand on something, if one of your values, I can go into other things that I believe in as well. Yeah, I've seen it too, where I you know, I've been flown out to a company and I, you know, on their dime and I couldn't even really meet with the owner of the company i mean we did but it was like in passing and then it was with like a whole group of his people and you know that's fine for some for some businesses where you know they have a huge resource they have a huge group of people who are running all of these programs um so for me i didn't want that like I, i i answer all my phone calls and emails and people are are surprised they're like you sound like the girl in the videos <laughs> i'm like well that's yeah. <laughs> you've reached you've reached me yeah. yeah um and um yeah in really looking at things like do i do i want to have i think what is the basis for your for your business do you want to make money or do you want to provide something that enriches the lives of everybody else do you want to have something that fulfills you where you're super happy you're maybe working 80 hours a week but you're super fulfilled or you want to um be in front of every everybody at every trade show like louis stack Mm -hmm. is from fitter and and other people are running things do you want to um I was just in the pool the other morning when and there's there's an old guy and we always chat and he's like i always like the idea of receiving money rather than making money and i was like yeah that's that's a really cool idea like he, he received yeah. it because he worked really hard versus just i have a job and i get i get paid for it you know yeah so i think if money if like money pure money is your motivation <laughs> it's all about stacks of cash yeah then you really you really have to um look at your profit margins and price properly and yeah. and do that and if it's more about quality time with everybody then you you might have to be okay with not having like that huge mm-hmm. income like do you want to have a boat and drive a uh you know a tesla or yeah. are you are you okay like driving the car that has almost three hundred thousand miles on it because you're investing <laughs> that money back into your people and it's your business but i think it's for those values you talk about that's why you'll find you know people buy into <clears throat> for me i'm i'm always happy to say that you know, people always ask, hey, do you have discounts? Yes, I do. And I'll always honor a good military discount and a student discount. And I always know at the end of the line, when I punch, as I'm punching my numbers in for the second order, I know I'm not going to hit that regular mark from the MSRP. I always have to make it, you know, average price adjustment. And that's okay because I will always, you know, stand by to always be an option to have availability to the students and to the military people because it's, mm-hmm. it's valued me. I hate seeing it to where you see, you know, really big companies, they only give a 10% military discount. Um, you know, and, and for me, I'm ignorant. I don't know 
move goes into all the financials, but I see other companies, usually they're also veteran owned companies who can go down to 25, 30%. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, I respect that. And for me, my price to give that lower price means more than just giving a good, big discount. It's also to those people in the military that have gone through all these things that people just really don't see behind the scenes of those struggles. And that's what my military price represents. I'm going to hopefully, you know, pr- try to bring it lower for the future. But mm-hmm. Again, we're just talking about values and it's really with design, you know, versus making a lot of money or, you know, doing something that you feel fulfilled with. I'm kind of in the mix of trying to get everything done. And even though it wears me out, I love, you know, designing this. And like you said, it's, it's nice to, to receive the money from everything I put behind the designs, mm-hmm. you know, versus just, you know, getting my, my regular W2, which is, you know, it's good steady, but the, the, it's been rewarding just seeing people get the product and rave about it. Right, right. Yeah, and in within sticking with your core values, um, stick with that. Like if you're kind of a kooky sense of humor, then you be that kooky sense of humor because that's that is your authenticity. You know, if you're kind and genuine, and and military is your core value is one of your core values, then stick with that because people people can see through that 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 not you know being not genuine, and that's. For me, I think it's also the voice. I agree. And I think it's also the voice you portray, whether it's on marketing, um, you know, on emails, you know, newsletters, all those things. I've I've seen come, you know, where some business owners are very, very real, which can get, you know, which can go good and bad. (laughs) And then some, and then some people like some, and then some people are are too cookie cutter and just like you want to see a little bit personality. You know, I'm not the most villarating person, but you know, I I do show personality, especially in the Mm -hmm. voice of my social media. Yeah, and people really gravitate to that and come to know you as a person and yeah, and enjoy that nuance. Yeah, what about business mentors? Have do you have um, do you have an experience with business mentors? Yeah, it's um, I would say it's really more informal now, and um, just really talking to most of the people that I talk to are really in private practice you know, or doing athletic other you know other cash for service AT services. So it's it's not the, I'd say the most relatable, but at least it's still good to talk to another AT business owner who, you know, understands those good and bad days. And then also just give you advice for how you should, you know, try to push things in the future. Because I think as business owners, we always have to look, look forward and you can't stay stagnant because see, staying stagnant is what leads to other people, you know, meeting you. And, you know, as I would say this as a, in the product world, we're in a doggy dog world. It's not, it's not as simple as being a physical location in private practice and then you know some people i talk over in new york they're on the west coast but for me in online sales it's you know it's a completely different ballgame so mm-hmm. i have to stay on my toes and you know really take into what people tell me mm-hmm. yeah wisdom <laughs> yeah how about you um i guess or even even now for how established you are do you still have mentors oh yeah yeah i um you know i would encourage anybody that when you meet anybody, there's there's some sort of gift that the universe is going to give you through that conversation, whether it's a one-time conversation or a continued relationship. Um, like one of my professors in college, she uh, she was a department head, and we were in a meeting, and she she keeps a <clears throat> a notebook of every ingoing and outgoing call, 
And it was just something that we were talking about in passing. She was like, always keep a log of, you know, your ingoing and outgoing calls on this spiral bound notebook and it's all there and you're not, you can go back and legal document. And I've been, I've been doing that since college and it's awesome. I mean, yeah, I've, you've had, I've had to refer back to it specific yeah. date. We talked about this, you know, and it, it really helps, you know, keep you on track. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing is like, leave the end of the day with your desk clean. <laughs> But yeah, throughout, throughout, um, I've had several types of mentors. Um, and so or, I had mentioned last time that I was a type of person that watched every instructional video of the products we had, you know, Louis Stack, who's the inventor of the fitter, you know, he was a professional skier, Olympic skier, and he was on this video, right? This is, this is back in the 19, the late nineties, right? He's on this video on the fitter and he's like, he's like little uh, spandex shorts and he's just like rocking it. And then he starts yeah. doing it with one leg and I just about lose my mind. I was like, oh. <laughs> I gotta meet this guy. <laughs> you know, the Bruce Hymanson from the Body Blade. Um, so eventually at trade shows, I met these inventors of these products who were also their, the business owners and they just have a passion for what they're doing because they absolutely mm -hmm. love meeting people that they've made an impact on. And so really early on, early 2000s, Louis okay. Stack from Fitter, Bruce Hymanson, Body Blade, um, even a little bit later, Spring Fawcett, who's the inventor of the Tiger Tail, these inventors, they were like, if you need help, reach out to me and I will help you. And I did, and they did. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just masterful as far as like product questions and you know, uh, business structure, working, you know, like manufacturing or just distribution, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I've had that. I've also had here in Orange County, we have, or within the small business, this SBA, Small Business Administration, we have a group called SCORE and they provide free uh, mentorship or business counseling and they do, they do free um, seminars. And nice. early on, I went to those all the time and you get inspired. You're in a room with people that they all have an idea. They're all in different stages of building their businesses. And it's just magical. It's like, it's like this really awesome energy. Uh, so I hooked up with um, a business mentor early on through that. Um, and it was good initially, but then, you know, it, it, I, it, um, it was kind of steering me in the wrong direction because of he was like you know go out door to door and do some sales and initially i did that but my product line it just doesn't afford for that it's not that type of a problem yeah. so so the things that he had to say were really good initially um in me also learning that that was not the right direction so it was a really good gift because i'm i'm not i'm not still you know, 10 years later, <laughs> knocking on yeah. doors going, why isn't this working? Um, and then I also have a, um, I have a customer turned business mentor. So he's a writer of our pro He's a user of our products. So he understands it inside and out. And mm -hmm. um, he just reached out to me. He was like, hey, you know, you've, you've got all this going on. If you need some help. Yeah. So we talk all the time. I bounce things you know, off of him, he, he provides a listening ear and uh, an unbiased and a biased perspective. And, and we always need that as a business owner. 
Yeah, so you got to hear the hard stuff sometimes. Like, you do. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I think you can, sometimes, you know, we as the originators, you know, the inventor will take it personally because, you know, it's our baby. But yeah. again, it, you know, that's where that motto is, you know, the customer is right, you know, kind of plays in. Just want to add that in there. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, so if you, if you have an opportunity to meet somebody, you know, go, go talk to them, you know, and, and see. And, and those who want to help you are the ones that are really having a great time with their business and product line. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's also that. when you have those mentors with um, that great energy, it's, it just spreads, you know, motivation. You have mm -hmm. to, and I think a lot of people always talk about finding that new circle. I, ever since, you know, I started, you know, this company or I had that social media page before transitions, it was the most exciting thing that motivated me was a new circle of connections I'd made. Yeah. And I think, it, and like, you know, kind of what you talked about, you know, has validated for me over the past year and a half of just meeting new people and finding those other sources of motivation and new ideas and new, you know, new, mm -hmm. new ways to approach things. Yeah. You know, I've even, I've even talked to uh, the owners of like Voodoo Balance Board and, and Indo, you know, Drew and, and uh, Hunter and, and we've had conversations. We're all, we're competitive. We're all in the same arena. We're competitors yet at the same time, yeah. we're, we're not, but you know, <clears throat> the greater purpose is to provide something of worth for, for everybody and to have quality, yeah. quality of life and balance of life within the company, you know? Um, so yeah, go, go chat it up with some people and, but, but there's definitely def several ways of finding what's right for you and what's not right for you. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's, here's a good question. No, we're on M we're on M okay. everybody. Okay. When to quit your day job and jump all the oh. way in with your business. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you asking me right now? <laughs> no, I just, it's, a, it's, it was just okay. on there, you know, cause a lot of people yeah. ask like, when are you quitting? You know, when are you all in? Like how, how <laughs> are you burning the bridges at both ends? You know, it's not quite a simple question. So, um, have you thought about it? Oh. And if you have, like, what's, yeah. what's the process? Yeah. So funny thing. Um, I was thinking about you <laughs> when, uh, someone, someone has asked me my high school. Cause you know, my, my athletes know I have a small business. They love my kids. Like, when do you think you would leave? Mm. And I, I was thinking about what you said about your story. And right now I'm in this, this really hard divide of, I kind of, I personally feel like I'm mediocre at both things, you know, you know, being an AT in my high school and running Nexus and it's just, it's difficult. You know, I, I've heard like, the passion in me wants to just go all in on Nexus, but I also have to look at the, you know, financial responsibility with me getting ready to have a baby. Um, you know, I can still pick up for DM work on the side, but you know, how much stuff is there to pick up? So it's, it's a hard point. Um, so that's the passion side. I think on the more, you know, I guess true financial side, I've also heard things that, oh, you should have a year's worth of business expenses ready to go. Um, but for me, as of right now, I definitely say I'm not ready to leave my current day job because I don't, under my plan, I don't have the product lines developed to make everything sustainable. So at this point, you know, it's Nexus, it truly isn't, you know, full functioning, self-sustaining company yet, which is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's at this time, it's, I'm not expecting it to be, but mm -hmm. I think I do have that uh, transitioning point, uh, hopefully a few years down the line. It shouldn't be 10. I hope that's 
but I think with, with, with what I'm expecting, it, it's going to happen at some point. But even my athletes are freaking out. Like, no, we, we, you, you can't leave until like I'm a senior and she's a freshman. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but it's 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 interesting though, just to think about that because it's it's a scary thought. I bet you can elaborate again on it. It's it is scary. Right. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people have said like, oh, he can't. Uh, like friends of mine that are maybe married have kids, right? Yeah. Oh, he wants to start his own business. There's no way we got a family. <laughs> there's, there's no chance. Like he's, he's got to stay with like a stable, a stable job, you know? And, and my, my, my youngest brother has said that too. Like I got a family, like, I don't know. It freaks me out. Like you, mm-hmm. you can run your business, you know? Um, so yeah, there's a point where you're, you're in that product development phase and you're, and, and, but you're still working. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important especially if you do have um, yourself to support and others to have something stable that you know is, is there. It may take you longer, but um, if that's what gives you peace, at mi- peace of mind at night, then that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the thing about athletic trainers is you're so well versed in a lot of things. Like after I, I stopped working at the high school, I was at Santa Margarita Catholic High School for three years developing the product. And at some point I was like, we're ready for sales. It's 2007. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and go. <laughs> I, you know, I had had like two major surgeries and, and, you know, that took a little bit longer to develop. And, and I was like, I just, I can't keep doing it with the work schedule and my health and I'm, yeah. we're, I'm ready. So that was a really big um, deciding factor. So the thing about athletic trainers, you're so versed in, in, in so many things. You have a great background to be able to, you know, work, pick up gigs on the side if you needed the extra income or go back into it. You know, you, you, um, you have that security net. So, mm-hmm. but there is a time when you just can't do both and you, it's scary, but mm-hmm. If, it, if you're a little scared on it, then you, you kind of know that you're making the right decision to like, I agree with that statement, jump Absolutely. off, jump on in. Yeah. And the other thing too, is if you have the support of everybody, um, mm-hmm. it's great. Like I, I moved into this new facility in February, you know, we had this huge flood at the end of, um, last year after Christmas and it was mud from the back door to the front. It was this County yeah. County road thing eroded. So it was a week of cleanup and it was two, two or three weeks of remediation, mold remediation. And I was like, this has got to be a sign. Like the circuit breaker keeps popping. I can't work in here. It's so cramped. I'm like moving three tables to get to this one Mm -hmm. thing to move these tables. And uh, my friend was like, what, what is going to be the decide the like, that's it deciding factor to upgrade and move to a new facility. And I was like the mold test plates, I do not want another (laughs) (laughs) mold exposure. And man, those test plates were like four dimensional. They were like walking, you know, so, um, and I I knew it was in there. Um, so I, I manifested this new amazing facility. Um, there really, uh, there really isn't inventory of, of buildings around here, just in general in Orange County. Okay. Um, a lot of people, a lot of companies have downsized or they've just, you know, so for what I needed initially from 
uh, like a thousand square feet, which was mm -hmm. great back when I when I needed it, but now it's just too cramped, not not efficient, not working efficiently. Yeah. Um, so I had manifested. I was looking around. There's nothing there. I thought there was something, but it was already rented. And I just I had my manifestation. I was like. I'm going to have a concrete wall to slam balls off of and throw things. <laughs> I'm going to have my own private sports medicine room. It's I'm going to have high ceilings and yeah. you know, I've got a picture of my thing. And uh, my landlord had something coming up at the end of the month. The guy had been in here for 20 years and, and um, I just didn't put all my, my hopes into it, but I was like, let me go take a look. I'm walking around the building and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. I love the security bars. It's got securities. And, and then I walk around and I see that one, the way the building is structured, one side of it mm. looks like a concrete wall. And I was just like, okay, okay. I'm just going to stay calm. <laughs> just stay calm. Uh, and it ended up being, it, it is just, it's so amazing. And I was really freaking out over doing this because it's a huge, financial jump and just mm -hmm. pack all your stuff up even if it's quarter mile up the road yeah. uh and so i i took over the weekend to really think about it talk with all my friends and my family about it and they're like you know what is what is the one thing that's holding you back and i'm like it's the financial thing and mm -hmm. they're like well, we got you if you need you need help with you know covering the rent it's fine but this is what you've been dreaming about and this is um going to make you more efficient and when you're more efficient working, you're saving money, really, yeah. you know, because I'm like <laughs> losing daylight at the old place. And time, like, too. And time, yeah. So I don't know how that got along. <laughs> no, it's cool, it's, but it's, so just, it's really like, no, but it's talking your story. It also it, it solidifies it because sometimes it takes a very specific moment to really maybe, you know, maybe it's fate or that moment tells you, OK, this is really now it's time to do it because I talked to my yeah. CPA you know, here and there, just about updates and stuff. And mm -hmm. he just keep like, and I, I tell him like, yo, I'm Brian, Brian, I'm losing it right now. It's, it's not just me and product design. Cause that's easy for me. Um, it's the, the part that's the most difficult is the admin literally, you know, as we've talked before, just doing everything else by myself. Then I go into the, I go into my high school and I have to do the afternoon rush and my brain's already fried before I do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. But. right. So yeah. I, I got to, question real quick so if we're looking down at the list you know in, in testing y'all have um talking about different interchangeable materials and product supply yeah. and is your product safe so just recently i talked with my friend paul calloway over at myotech and he was talking about uh, all the supply chain disruption that's going on right now and, you know he gave me a list of yes. several issues and things you know like okay well hey if you're if you can't get the tape that you ordered you need to talk with your distributor right and so the guys over at myotech were just telling me some of the things that we need to make sure we do as we're doing that mm -hmm. so as you're going through the testing i know last time y'all talked about the different types of material um yeah and then i think jay actually you had a conversation with with the guys over at myotech as far as I like did. putting your product uh, and selling it with them um so you know, let's continue on that line just currently in the situation yeah, sure. uh, as we're recording this it is september 21st 2021 and there's a huge supply chain disruption how does that play into into your product and creating and establishing your business and testing yeah sure um i'll go first because it's off top yeah. and yeah. so something i'm working on with the next order it's gonna be much bigger so the first thing i ask you know supplier okay what is what are we looking like 
with COVID protocols within the factory. I, I need to know what's going on as well. So they kind of gave me, you know, their timeline. So I'm going to make an announcement in the future on how that's going to be approached with the, the next order. But with the supply line in general, it's, it's weird how it affects not one, you know, one little item can affect, you know, the whole thing. So for example, the buckle I wanted from the first order, I still can't get it for this order. It's there, man, they're behind on this one very big buckle for, from what I understand, another six months. So does this mean I'm going to push back, you know, version two of the dead bug six months? No, you just go something else, you know, that by research and from, you know, physical testing could be just as good. And I think there's enough, and at least you could probably comment on this. There's enough um, market competition or availability of different types of products under a specific category that you could use. So and you just in, have to be able to make that shift in that as you're talking about product testing. So you're, yeah. you test this product, test this product and you're like, okay, I like this, but now you're six yeah. months. So what do you do there? Like, do you test something else? And then six months, find, you know, find out for six, it's another six months. It's lead hard. Time? That's, and that's also, that's honestly the most difficult part here because for example, the dead bug version two, I'm going to make a change to a specific zipper pull type and an interior modification. So, um, and that's also from personal experience, Jeremy. So for me, using specific materials with tactical products, that's where I feel confident, you know, with going with this second iteration, I'm going to get one type of zipper pull and then another prototype is going to get a different one that I've used before. Just compare, contrast, and do I make, I make that analysis. Will there be any issues in mass production? And I think this is a key, a key decision also the business owner to really, it helps that when you have physical experience before you're using. So, um, you know, with the first version of the dead bug with the, the monkey fist um, paracord zipper pull, I, you know, I have no issues. And now, you know, there's a couple of hiccups with some people need to replace it, which is fine. I can get them out. But again, it's about, you know, putting the experience behind it and seeing what you have availability for the supplier. And that's where it's really important to have a supplier that has a crap load of stuff available for you to make those adjustments as needed. Because even in production, you can make changes. That's why I did the first iteration of the dead bug. I added an additional pocket and they were able to do it while, you know, we were, they were getting all the materials cut and ready to sew. Hopefully that helps out. Alicia, I'm sure this is not yeah. the first time you've been part of a right. supply chain disruption. Yeah. So right. talk a little bit from your experience and on how you test that and how you make those changes. Yeah, so <clears throat> for parts that I get in that aren't specifically manufactured for me, like mesh, I have a, we make a, a bag system with mesh. Um, I go with manufacturers who manufacture in the United States and as local as possible. My, my company that manufactures rope for our rope balls, they're local. They're you know, 20 minutes down the road and uh, I just, I keep a good conversation going with them. Like, how's your supply chain? Now I don't use a lot of rope. So when I do buy it, there is a minimum order, but I do buy it in a large quantity so that I have it on hand. Um, Cause my thing is like, I know I'm gonna need it. So I'm gonna yeah. buy it and it's gonna bring in sales. You know, <laughs> um, my rail, my rail guys, are great. Um, if you can get more things out of one item, so they they'll buy they call them sticks of the steel the steel tubing, and they'll buy it in twenty foot lengths, and out of that twenty foot length, I can get 
three rails or I can get, you know, two, I can get two larges and one medium rail because they're going to, they're going to use it to like the very last inch. Right. Um, but my real, my real guys, we have such a great relationship. He's like, I know that I need to look for, uh, you know, it's 20, 20, 20 inches, 20 feet and two inches so that I can maximize it versus having, you know, five feet of waste and cutoff. So I would say, try to do that, really maximize every, every piece that you can. Um, my urethane guys, we had a, we have a gas issue and gas and oil issue. Um, and it was around the timing of the, the, the gas thing that we had going on on the East coast. And there's a ration on the chemical products. So the chemical companies were rationing out how many barrels of urethane they would give the urethane manufacturers. So we really had to just squeeze in tight and, and make do with, with what you have. But um, when, if you have the opportunity to buy things more in bulk and it doesn't take up a lot of space in your, in your shop, then do that so that you have extra. Because you know that you're gonna sell them and you just yeah. bring it in, bring it in, an extra, an extra hundred or something. Um, having different manufacturers that have the potential to do the same thing for you would be really good. Like technically I should have two companies that could do railing, do, you know, the tube bending and all that, all that for me. Um, I, I don't, but I also am not fearful of the current company that I have going under. Mm -hmm. So yeah i mean but if if it's if you can have several suppliers for the same thing or similar thing um and make adjustments that way it's really really important um, and that's in your research and development where you've got a humongous binder of all of these companies who are doing yeah you know that but having very having local vendors is really uh has been really key to me being sustainable um and then having not having uh, such a broad list of components that I need from all different types of materials. Like I, we specialize in steel, uh, Baltic birch plywood, and urethane, basically. Those, those three things. I'm trying to make everything uh, you know, with those three things in mind. Nice. Um, so that's been good for me. But on the flip side, if there's ever a problem with urethane, like can't use it ever again, then you have a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of catch 22, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, through COVID, um, customers have been very understanding with, we have a problem with the supply chain and workforce, and we are asking for your patience. And they've, they've been great with that. Um, but yeah, things change. Like the, the Baltic birch plywood from 10, 15 years ago is way different than it is now. You know, it has to do with um, when they cut it in Russia, the ground has to be frozen and there isn't old growth anymore. It's new virgin growth trees. So the structure of the plywood is different. It cuts a little different. It splinters different. It's different to work with. So you just have to adapt to it. Um, uh, and then there's other things where you can't use, um, a, you can't use a product in your in the process because of EPA standards or safety things, you know, they used to put lead in paint, right? Because it was so mm -hmm. amazing for pigments, so amazing <laughs> for pigments, but 
you can't be around, <laughs> you can't be around wet paint, you know. Um, nope. Yeah. So that that's for me, you know, going local. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Where else? It's basically grateful. I just work. At, I make. I work mainly with nylon. <laughs> Yeah, and that is a super product. Uh, yeah, I, I. It is. There's a I, lot of nylon. Yeah, you know, um, and it just gives you some peace of mind too that you know that it's, it's, gonna be a sustain. It, uh, it's gonna hold up, right? You don't have yep. to deal with uh, so many problems. Did you want to move on to a specific uh, line? Uh, no, I was looking for Jeremy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Jeremy, I wanted to say that you've mentioned twice now that you, you, you're not a business owner or have a physical product, but I want to say that you have created this podcast series that is your own and your blood, sweat, and tears and, and everything, and it's going to live on for perpetuity. So, you know, Jay and I have a physical product that people are going to use, and it's something you got to go grab and use and you know work with but yours is something that you can listen to at any time you can you know you're driving into work I'm like I'm gonna put in a podcast and you're providing information so what you have invented is you've invented yourself through your your podcast to really enrich everybody so like you're an inventor, Jeremy. I want to hear you say it. I'm a business owner and I'm an inventor. Uh, I can say I'm an inventor because I, I definitely like feel like you know I created the podcast, but the business owner, I, like I said, I tried twice, it didn't work, and so that's why I prefer they ask you guys the questions. So as, as far as creating the podcast, you know I've talked about it before. You know I reached out to the AT Corner podcast, the Candid AT guys, um, a couple other the different podcasts athletic training related and said hey here's what has worked for me hey as i was as i was listening this helped this didn't help and so i kind of am you know i put myself in that role of hey i've been doing this a long time this has worked this hasn't worked let me help you because it wasn't about oh wait i don't want anybody listening to your show it's like hey if somebody wants to listen to i think you can see, if you can see my background the candidate t you can see part of it you know if somebody wants yeah. to listen to them they're completely different than me right and cool mm -hmm. they're gonna help they got a lot of young professionals, a lot of college students that listen so they can learn about the profession and things like that. That's fine. But like you said, I have invented something that is helpful. And I'll, I'll completely agree to, yes, I am an inventor. However, I would not say I'm a business owner. Well, maybe not like you have a, the business license, but it, in, in some aspect. I'm still giving you props for it. Still giving you props for it. All right. Well, I will, yeah, I will yeah. humbly accept it. Okay. Yeah. But for sure, you you definitely have invented something that is um, is gonna live on, and that's amazing. You know, it's it's not a one and done thing, right? And and the other thing too is you can go back, you can go back, you know, as far back to your podcast. Somebody can go back to the podcast number one and listen to it. So that is that's still there. Please don't. But yes, they could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to do this on my way to work. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like maybe version one of our product. Like we don't want to go back to version one of our product, right? Right. No. Oh my god. 
<laughs> it's crazy. I'm going on to version two now. It's you yeah. know, the bags are in. Hey guys, I'm working on version two. Three months later. Yeah, it well, it's it's great to be able to listen to you, um, your community, like you know, the feedback that you're you're getting in, in product testing, um, so that you can make adjustments that fit the needs for yeah. you know various people. Yeah. That's, yeah. Let me see. So do you want to go into? I'm down to go. Do you want to go into uh, broken products? Into what? Broken oh, products. broken products. Yeah. All right. I'll start out with you. You had a good reaction. <laughs> I'll let you roll off on this first. Don't make them. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, it's part of the process. You're going to have something. Um, I'm, I'm very much like my eyes are on everything. End stages, quality control. Uh, I've built every single original board. So if that product breaks, that's on me. Um, and mm -hmm. I've really refined the, the recipe. Like don't change, the, if the recipe's working, don't change the recipe, right? But over time you do find, you know, some efficiencies and things, but um, you can't cut the corners mm -hmm. because then you're, you're potentially something is going to, to break. Um, and these things happen. So. You know, you'll see a lot of companies that do their warranty is 30 days or, you know, three years or five years or lifetime warranty. And I think as a business, you have to think about, like, does that work for you? What what type of product do you want that has mm -hmm. the high turnover or the lifetime warranty um, because it's not going to break? Or mm -hmm. you'll, you'll honor a lifetime warranty, but maybe you won't say it. You'll just, you'll wait for something to happen you know mm -hmm. but if they're not like using and abusing it right you yeah know, if they're if they're like dragging it behind their car and they're like hey this is not working out then you know that's that's on them um but yeah it's sometimes hard to make something indestructible because you're working with materials like yeah you, you, a lot of people don't understand that each material has its own properties. Like each board top has its own characteristics. And I may do a certain um, process with one and it's maybe not gonna quite work with the other one because it's a living, mm -hmm. you know, thing. Um, same thing with the rails. They, they, one stick may bend and spring back at a different rate than the other one. Um, so there's variability. Uh, like if you're building spaceships, like you have you have no tolerance, right? For That's variability, your <laughs> right? Right. Versus like, can you have a three millimeter variability in this one design aspect? Does it affect the function of it? And if it doesn't, then then you might be okay. Um, but yeah, in in dealing with returns, you're gonna learn like what was it that you were doing with the product that it had a failure point. Where is that failure point? Can I make the adjustments? Um, and, you know, don't always apologize for things. I think we say sorry a lot, just way too much. Just say thank you. Mm -hmm. Say thank you. Stop saying, sorry, I'm late. Say thank you. Thank you for waiting. Like, wow, thank you for pointing out that. Let me, let me address that immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's what I got. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, for me, I guess I'll 
on a, I'm on a really similar end too. So it's, it's kind of, I wish that I could, you know, like you, you know, be on hand for every aspect of quality control, but I'm nowhere near that way yet. So I think that's where right now a big part of me trying to control, you know, if prevent damages is um, the design. So I think the toughest thing about the dead bug is that it is, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's not a complex design. It just has a lot of features. So I think when you have a bag that has a lot of features, there's so many different things that have to be done on the end of stitching. And that's where, you know, in mass production, I know little, you know, slips, you know, slips are going to happen through the cracks just because, you know, you're working with, you know, just people working on, you know, putting bags together by human hand, not everything's going to be perfect. Uh, material is important too. Um, so I've kind of learning and I've already had in, in stone to where as we go along of more orders, uh, more, more material availability, it's going to, you know, we're going to see upgrades in the future. And that's what's going to happen with the second iteration uh, with me with, if anything has a, you know, any, any damage, I'll just, you know, replace it. That's what I have set in stone right now, at least with my product warranty. I would like to get to the point where I do have a lifetime, but the company's only seven months old. So. Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to get to that point too. And like you, like you said, it's, there's certain factors, you know, being used with the product. Um, is mine getting used and abused? It depends on who's, you know, the AT that's using the bag. Um, with mine, I've used it pretty well. And that's where I actually found little little hiccups with my prototype to figure, all right, this is where I need to reinforce. This is where I need to change the material. This is where I need to maybe change the dimension of it. This is where the stitching has to be put in place for the next time. And it's all kind of all these little things I analyze just from me using my own prototypes and listening back to the community. And I think that's where I'm always asking, you know, let me know, let me know what you think. And the part that sucks is that, you know, I can't listen specifically to one person if it doesn't universally fit, you know, the whole, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I can't listen to one specific comment just to fit the needs of that one specific person, if it doesn't work for everyone else. So I think that's, a, right. I think you'll see that's a, that's a challenging part with design in general. Yeah, for sure. I, I had somebody call me and just did the 80 20 you know he, he was 20 percent, but took up 80 percent of the time and he yeah. really wanted he really wanted a custom rail size that was two inches larger than the medium rail yeah you know this this weird like dimension and and i was like no it's it i mean it's possible but it's gonna i'm gonna charge you a thousand dollars to do it because yeah rail, you know and he's like well why can't why can't you just cut it and put some and it was just on and on and on. I'm like, it's not that simple. <laughs> no, no is a complete sentence. No. And at some point mm -hmm. you just have to say, I think this product, this product line is not for you and I'm not going to be able to meet your needs and buy. And then you just control. No. Like, yeah. Watch that person leave a nasty review. On Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's on them. You know, Oh, you know, in, in talking about nasty reviews, nasty comments, um, you know, I just, I really take it as an opportunity to to flip the switch and say um thanks for your comments here's here not being like defensive but mm -hmm. an opportunity to educate like why urethane is so amazing and mm -hmm. you know people are like you're you know you're too expensive you know like all kinds of crazy comments um but really take that opportunity to put yourself out there to elevate yourself be um, be uh, 
um, helpful to whoever else is going to read those comments. So like, oh yeah. wow, yeah, that is a that is a good point about that that product. And then you just you just like squash that hate comment and use it as a as a really good opportunity. You just move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, there was one thing in here. Oh, is it hype or is it real? Managing people who want product for free and offer false promises. Oh man. Uh, let's see. Do you all go first? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I mean, you get that. You get that a lot. You've created something that's amazing that people want, and which is great. And there's, and some people are upset that they don't want to afford it, so mm -hmm. they write hate comments to you, um, or they think you should just be giving it out for free. And the way I think of it is like, if you're doing that, then just open up my wallet and just take hundreds and hundreds of dollars mm -hmm. out for it. Cause there's no, there's no like real, there's no real thing. Like I'm going to put you on social media. I'm going to do this. And, and like really being a good detective of, is this, is this just a fake hype? I mean, it's just smoke and mirrors or is this mm -hmm. really truly going to be a good partnership, you know, and, and investigating what they have in social media um, things like that. It, and I, for me, I'm very selective if I choose mm -hmm. to do that. You know, it's like we, we had um, somebody that had a family with um, one of their kids had uh, some type of disability. So I made, mm -hmm. you know, a custom board for that one specific thing. But that was my choice. But, um, and that doesn't happen, you know, often. Um, and I'm not expecting anything out of it. Like I'm not expecting social media and I don't even talk about it that I did yeah. that, you know? Um, so for me, that's real. And for me, the hype is, you know, just people saying all kinds of crazy things. Like I've got a hundred thousand followers on social media and do X, Y, Z, but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. And there's no guarantee mm -hmm. that those, those people like actually want your product. So. Um, any, anybody that has said something nice about me are actual product users who invent, who have invested their own hard earned money into mm -hmm. me and the product line. And that's a more, for me, that's a more genuine, um, you know, uh, comments or genuine testimonial. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you're going to, you're going to get that all the time. Like, you know. You got you got a hundred of these. Why can't you just give me one? <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, you got me. <laughs> oh man, it's how do I? I think now with the you know the social media age, it's mm -hmm. it's definitely you know it's like you said you don't know who's talking to you. You know, I, every every other day I'll get some random account that's a you know that's a message request I've never seen before, and that's where I can tell all right, this is fake. But I've connected with people, you know, that can that from what I can tell are, are genuine. But I agree, but there's, you'll, you'll hear some people just kind of sound like they're just, it's a little bit too much. They just want something for free. Or like you said, it's just a topic about people just not wanting to pay, you know, pay the full price of your product. I've been extremely grateful and just, you know, thankful to anyone who has a dead bug who's watching that, you know, they've taken the time, not just invest in the dead bug, but me. Um, because it really, I was really doubtful with our community, would people pay for a sling bag that's higher than, I think most of the sling bags in AT market, it's a higher, it's not the most expensive tactical sling bag in the whole tackle market, but it's not the cheapest either. I know there's a problem with a problem I wanted to address was, you know, people just buying 
the really super cheap sling bags on Amazon because I know mine defeats the design. So that's where I'm just hopefully trying to solve the problem. You know, will they be willing to pay more for my design? You know, because yeah, that's that model. You know, cry one, you know, buy once, cry once, because it's just trying to do it. You know, make the best thing out there. And then with the best thing, yeah, someone's going to want to try to snag it for free if possible. Now, yes, I do know someone who's done it for multiple companies just getting free stuff. I wish I could be like that. <laughs> but I think it's a challenge, though. Um, let me see what it is. Yeah. And then the false promises, yeah, I would. I think with my personality, I will say if someone, you know, if there's an agreement for me to send out something for marketing, I will burn them. That's just me. You know, just my military mentality because I don't. I, I take things very seriously. I'm not going to be kind about it on the record. Right. Right. If that happens, then I'm gonna. Yeah, I will burn them. That's just right. Yeah. All right. So, Alicia, Jay, make sure y'all send those free products to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, send me, send me your logo. I'll make you a custom board. <laughs> I will send you. I will definitely send you a shirt though, because I, I keep seeing your board. I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta send you one of the the new Nexus Edition shirts. Here we go. Or, like you said, if it's something that I, I think is legit, then I, I should be willing to pay for it. So we can talk about that offline. But with that being said, it's about time to wrap this one up. Again, we're going to do part three, uh, hopefully next week. If not, then two weeks, whatever it is. You know, this one was disrupted because of Hurricane Nicholas. But follow that. And then I know Toki's been in the comments, and we had Rob last week talking about the grant that I think District 6 is offering um one of the districts in for entrepreneurs so check that out join that that conversation we want to answer your questions live or pre-submitted and we want to share your story so Tokyo was saying something about he actually was on the first phase of shark tank so i want to hear more about that since you guys mentioned that and just see what that process is and share that with all the athletic trainers so alicia last time you gave us your info at s i dash boards.com as your best way to contact you so uh, info at si-boards.com that's correct right yep and then jay on mostly on instagram but also on twitter nexus sports med um so reach out on instagram because that's going to be his favorite and then i am mr jeremy jackson anything else you want to say guy anything else you guys want to say about reaching out or contacting you um, yeah, feel free. You don't have to sound super professional. Just talk to me. I'm very, you know, very laid back. I'm just here to have an you know, easy conversation. Does that have to be <clears throat> super professional sounding like a business email or business <laughs> text? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say yep. hi, ask for free stuff. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard on the podcast, you were saying you're giving out free stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yes. I want that. I want yeah. the thousand dollar option. Yes. <laughs> I want the dead bug that's not even out yet. <laughs> yeah, I want version four. Yeah, the one I haven't even produced yet. Yeah. All right, so sports. Next, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so next, so we talked about um, you got your your design. We've established your business, and next week we're talking about getting it to market. Getting right? it to market. Like production. What's your structure? Oh yeah. It'll That's awesome. where things get really crazy. Yep. Yeah. All right, so this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com/slash/atinventors. Two again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash atinventors2, where I should have most of the transcript up. I'll have some links, I'll have the ways to contact, and all of that stuff. And again, thanks to Paul Calloway from Myotech for reaching out and telling me some of the, the shortages, and I can post those up there too um, as we. 
kind of prepare our budgets and make sure you order stuff early. So Alicia, Jay, I appreciate it. And I know that all of the inventors or possible inventors will appreciate your words of wisdom and experience. So for Jeremy, Alicia, Jay, and the Sports Medicine Broadcast, that is a wrap. Thanks. Nice job. High five, guys.